I don't know. It's all such a long game. Like the things change, you know, there are moments where this stuff is totally true, where it's a drought and it's tough. And then there's times where it's fucking, you're like, just started dating again it's crazy really okay i think that's that's a beautiful thing that's unfortunately i think a lot of people that feel like it's your first dating dies and that part doesn't yeah doesn't feel like it ever fully comes back like you kind of get into this routine yeah yeah i think the thing that we've done each is we've each separately gone to therapy and we've gotten to the bottom of a lot of our shit and that equals our sexual proclivities so like the idea we used to not necessarily communicate as well and we'd let stuff build up and then we'd get into a fight about like why aren't we having sex or what's going on and you know you realize that it all comes from love and you're just frustrated that you're not being intimate with each other or connecting on a level that you are used to so we just talk our way through it now and even during droughts you just got to kind of understand and empathize that the person is maybe not necessarily there and it's not going to be that way forever. You trust that you're going to get back on track, which lucky for us, we always have. What's up, gang? Welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot. I am your co-host, Erica Spera. And I'm Molly Demilier. And we have an awesome episode this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a fan-recommended book. We took our little survey. We're going to be talking about Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. And there is so much to unpack oh my God, from so this much. book. <laughs> but with our guest, he's married and has a kid, so we focused on uh, the parts of the book that have to do with marriage and intimacy and long-term relationships, and also how that can change when you have a child. Mm-hmm. Because uh, as you guys know from being fans of the show, uh, Molly and I do not know what it's like to date someone longer than a year. (laughs) That's so generous. (laughs) Longer than three months, really. Oh, I thought yours was a year. Well, on and off. It wasn't a consecutive year. Are you kidding me? I mean, mine's three months. Mine's three slash four. (laughs) Yeah, we could handle like three or four at a time. And then it was like, God, no. (laughs) Whoops. But then a month later, we crawl back, you know, just because that's healthy. Listen, I might argue that emotional intelligence is a, is a word in this book i might argue that ours is so high we just don't waste our time with people that's why it only lasts four months yeah yeah i think i may go with that that makes me feel good yeah i'm gonna yeah. say that that's what i'm telling people yeah. from now on. i'm sorry i'm just too emotionally intelligent. i'm sorry i know i got dumped but uh it was emotional intelligence <laughs> <laughs> my emotional iq was off the charts i'm mensa when it comes to emotions yes <laughs> We get into so much great stuff with Mike, so we're not going to do a big intro up top. Um, so real quick, obviously, as always, uh, you want to follow the podcast. We're at Shooters Gotta Shoot Pod on Instagram. And if you want to email us, it's Shooters Gotta Shoot Pod at gmail.com. Let us know any more recommendations, anything we didn't cover from the book that you're like, hey, this point's great. You guys should talk about this one uh, or whatever, whatever you want to share your thoughts on the episode. And as always, if you could leave us a review, it really helps the podcast, helps us climb up the iTunes charts. And it's free. That's mm-hmm. free for you to do. And if you have $5 a month, you should join the Patreon. Yeah, for sure. And if you got 20, you can join at that level too. Yeah, man. Or 10. (laughs) You literally could just do a one-time 20 bucks you want to throw your girls. Sign up for the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash shooters got to shoot. We're we're getting into some great stuff over there. Yeah, it's getting juicy. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) And you have more power in voting if you're on the Patreon gang. Yo. You want to see the show go the way you want, you got to throw some bucks. (laughs) (laughs) We will be swayed for money. Oh, (laughs) We're not going to hide it. (laughs) For sure. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get into our guest. Let's do it. Very excited to have this guy on. Uh, You might have heard him on the Irish Goodbye podcast. Or watch his special, Life Begins, on YouTube. 
and we've also seen him as a lead in the movie Timing on Amazon Prime. It's Mike Cannon. Thanks for having me. Or you may not have consumed any of those. (laughs) (laughs) But they they should. They should. (laughs) They should and they have. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, For those of you who've never seen Mike's comedy, it's it's very, very funny. I highly recommend his special. And he has an old album that's still up. iTunes, everywhere you can listen. So funny. And I'm so excited to have you on. You're uh, one of our... Thanks so much for having me. One of our few guests that is not only in a relationship, (laughs) but actually married and has a kid. That's right. Yeah, my son just turned one this past weekend. Oh my god, that's so exciting! I know it's it, it. I think the first birthday, like obviously we celebrated it. We got him a cake. We got him way too many balloons. I bought him a bouncy <laughs> castle. He's one. <laughs> he can like he could barely stand. I felt like I was double jumping him and like training him for the apocalypse. But like the first birthday, I felt like was just entirely a celebration of us doing it for twelve months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that though. It makes sense. Yeah. Or at yeah. least at least you know that. Um, for sure. <laughs> I know a little bit of your background story of you and your wife because I've worked with you in senior comedy but you guys met when you were 14 that's true 10 10 oh my god 10 yeah i'm actually currently stay we are currently staying in the house that we like grew up in like i used to skinny dip in her pool when i was in like seventh grade i would sneak (laughs) out of me and my friends would sneak out of our house which is literally right next door and we'd hop her fence and jump in her pool at like 3 a.m oh damn and so (laughs) you've been married how many years now it's going to be four in September. Four years. And then you said you dated on and off. Like you've dated other people, but then always, yeah. always came back it would to be, each other. It would be psychotic if neither <laughs> of us dated other people. Right? I mean, you know what I mean? I couldn't possibly be somebody's only penis either. Like that would just be too much to live up to. So much and pressure. Th- yeah, too much. I mean, I would assume her imagination is better than my reality. So if I thought if I thought she's just gazing out the window and thinking of, you know, what the world might have penis wise, I, I just couldn't do it. Okay. Well, I think that's uh, it's pretty perfect for our episode today because we're going to be talking about Mating in Captivity, a book written by Esther Perel. And she's all about intimacy and relationships. And I guess off the bat, her study started by realizing that couples are having less frequent sex, right? So despite Mm -hmm. being in love, loving each other so much, but it's often, she claims, they're too busy, too stressed, too involved with children, or simply too tired. So one thing Mm. the book says is, it's hard to generate excitement, anticipation, and lust with the same person you also look to for comfort and stability. Um... That's not the case with me. I've I've been like super overly attracted to my wife since we were young. Like I I've just always been attracted to her. I am always ready to throw down under any <laughs> circumstance. I also like you know, I'm such an ass that like I could be weeping over like a dead relative and then she'd graze my thigh and I'm like, "Yeah, let's go." You know, like, it, 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 I I don't need much carryover. <laughs> you know, for on how to get in the mood. Her, on the other hand, like, you know, if she's not in the right mental place and she's not feeling sexual, then, yeah, I could see that, like, that would have an impact. But I don't think the two are, like, mutually exclude or I don't think they correlate necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, because I've had we've had emotional times where we were both leaning on each other and it led to sex. Mm, but okay. it was but we've also had times where we're like, yeah, this is the least sexual we could possibly be because we're vulnerable. We're like snot bubbling out of our nose and, <laughs> you know, talking about the fact that both of our careers no longer exist. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, sounds like it's been recent then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> sounds like recently it's been up and down. <laughs> yeah. many... No, I cry a lot. I'm a big crier. <laughs> really? With anybody, or do you feel like yeah. just with your wife, you're very comfortable? Well, I mean, no, with anybody, I'll cry in public. I don't give a shit. I mean, that's <laughs> oh, kind of wow. that's like that's what being a New Yorker is. I feel like is being comfortable <laughs> crying in front of thousands of people. <laughs> I mean, indirectly, yeah. That's that is when I yeah. felt like a true New Yorker. I was like, I think it was five years into the city, I I started to cry on the train home. I was like, it got me. Yeah, it finally yeah. got me. I was almost home. I was a couple stops, and I was like, nope, we're doing it right here. Yeah. It's gotten me Fucking too, and I like. I can't cry in front of people that I'm close with either. So I was like, oh, this is really awful. <laughs> so painful. But I, but I feel like that might be a good substitute then. If you don't want to showcase that vulnerability for people you know, then just air it out in front of people you'll never see again. Oh, just, yeah, go nuts. <laughs> yeah, just put just put yeah. the burden of your emotional state on strangers. <laughs> I don't think anyone needs to see that. Right? Or like, that's the point of therapy, right? Yeah. Isn't that the point? Yeah, exactly. That's why I felt the first couple times I went. I was like, I can just cry here. I just cry here yeah. and then I leave and, and I'm never gonna see you ever. It's like an emotion it's like an emotional smash room. Like so you're like taking yeah. a bat to, you know, all of the furniture but in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> what a great metaphor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, since having a child, have you felt like the intimacy of you and your wife has like increased or fluctuated thought, more, especially with like the examples I gave of just being too tired or almost like obsessed with, you know, the child, right. especially your first one? I think it, I think it ebbs and flows like I, I, you know, right after she gives birth, she's not in a physical place to have sex <laughs> and it also you know what I mean? She, my wife had a uh, she was going for a natural birth, but we uh, we had to we i didn't do shit but i was there um she had to get a uh an unplanned c-section but mm. so, so that was like a that was the yeah, time to yeah it's like hardcore surgery so that was a time to both physically recover and then mentally kind of get a grip with you know how the birth plan didn't necessarily go as planned and it it pivoted but it's still okay and now we have this kid so you're like dealing with all this shit mm -hmm. while trying to ensure that this thing doesn't die and you're you know providing it with <laughs> all the things it needs it's uh so it took us a little bit to get back into the full swing of things but now you know just like i don't know it's all such a long game like the things change you know there are moments where this stuff is totally true where it's a drought and it's tough and then there's times where it's fucking you're like just started dating again it's crazy really okay i think yeah. that's, that's a beautiful thing that's yeah unfortunately i think a lot of people that feel like it your first dating dies and that part right. doesn't yeah doesn't feel like it ever fully comes back like you kind of get I, into this routine yeah yeah i think the thing that we've done each is we've each separately gone to therapy and we've gotten to the bottom of a lot of our shit and that equals our sexual proclivities so like the idea we used to not necessarily communicate as well and we'd let stuff build up and then we'd get into a fight about like why aren't we having sex or what's going on and you know you realize that it all comes from love and you're just frustrated that you're not being intimate with each other or connecting on a level that you are used to so we just talk our way through it now and even during droughts you just got to kind of understand and empathize that the person is maybe not necessarily there and it's not going to be that way forever. You trust that you're going to get back on track, which lucky for us, we always have. I mean, have you ever had points where like 
one of you is kind of like dying like during the drought and like what is happening and just like not connecting like how do you get through that or navigate it i mean it, it's almost always me like I, it's, <laughs> all, I'm, it, it's i have i have like you know i have a pretty high sex drive and i'm i'm sure a lot you know a lot of guys do but it, i uh I just like to do it quite a bit. And being here has actually been the most difficult because now I'm like evading a baby, a wife and in-laws to try to masturbate <laughs> when like <laughs> when we don't have sex. So it's like I have to be like some sort of jizz ninja in this house <laughs> and like find find a nook for me to, you know, at least satiate myself. <laughs> but I almost this is a this is a little random question, but do you almost feel like now that you're married, if your in-laws were to catch you and your wife having sex, it wouldn't be as bad or awkward as before you were married? I mean, I I feel that way. I think my wife is a little like there's times where she's sketched out from being here, like because we had sex in high school in this house. <laughs> so it's like it's it's fucking weird man like you know every once in a while we'll both just like our nose will bleed and we're all of a sudden back in 2002 <laughs> but i think i think sometimes that like it it affects her in that way where she's like i i can't get to the place right now i just i feel too weird mm. i just i just know in my own house if i was to get caught having sex out of wedlock wouldn't matter yeah. if I was engaged, wouldn't matter if boyfriend, it's very like, you don't share a bed rule. That's how my yeah. house is. It's old school. That like, I, I think I would get murdered. <laughs> like, I, don't, I would have no chance. Or like, I would never would. go back. Yeah. <laughs> I would just never be invited home. Like, like I could see my dad being like, if you're going to do that shit and you want to share a bed, buy a hotel, which is totally fair. Totally yeah. fine. You know, but if we were yeah. married, I think it would be something like they wouldn't even say anything. Because right. there's this understanding of like, you're married and you know what? We're glad you have a good sex life and you're happy together and X, Y, Z. Interesting. Even more so if we had a kid, they'd be like, well, we're glad they found some time. <laughs> like, even though it's in our house. Because it's, I think they understand like we had kids, we went through that and you know, sometimes right. you have no time and turns out the only time was at our house. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma and grandpa got the kid. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, that's a prediction. But I, I know what my parents, there's something of like married is okay, not married. Hmm. And you know, in anywhere, it's like my dad wouldn't even want to you know, would you feel that. that way if you walked in on your parents? Like, congratulations. <laughs> you guys, no, you, no. You guys, I'm the kid. What are you crazy? <laughs> My parents are in their like late sixties. I don't want to think about that. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean uh, it's, it's 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 gross to think about because it's like, look, if your parents are still together, they're probably still doing it, right? Which is great. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing in theory, and especially like when I think of Molly's parents, I go, that's beautiful. I don't want to think about mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need that in my head. I'm like, sure, you guys are still together. That's great. Okay. But next also up. stop thinking about my parents having sex. <laughs> yeah. Next question for Mike. Uh, How long did you think about it? I don't. It's just reading this whole chapter, man, it's all about marriage. I'm not married. Reading this chapter, I just thought about Molly's parents begging. No. <laughs> yeah. No, man, you know what I mean. It's like, um, I'm not going to get into it. All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll skip that. Moving on. <laughs> uh, okay. So one thing I, I found it very interesting you brought up of you were saying, like, sometimes you're frustrated with each other when you haven't mm. maybe been physical in a while. And that's yeah. actually, this therapist has, like, the opposite 
approach as a lot of other therapists, which they're like, you got to talk it out, talk it out, talk it out. And she actually immediately is like, when's the last time you guys have been intimate? So her theory Mm -hmm. is like, you got to improve the physical. And then the other part comes or the other part is much easier. So I guess out the gate, uh, how important would you say physical connection is in a marriage? Do you feel like that is partly the glue that holds everything else? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, 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 we went into being married. I mean, my wife and I, we have been together, you know, on and off since we were kids. But this time, I mean, we've been dating now for like twelve years, and by the time we got married, I guess I was eight. So we had had a lot of conversation about eventually getting married and what that means to each of us and what we would require out of a marriage. And one thing that we did agree on was that it like the physical stuff can't end it's like yeah. you know then then you legally trap somebody in a sexless relationship <laughs> like that's, that's that's really tough that's some evil shit you know what i mean especially if it's important i mean it's important to everybody i think but you know for me especially it's i could not be in a relationship if that wasn't like a top priority i mean i think this partly stems from like you said you were you know, so attracted to your wife, you're still so attracted to her, which is which is yeah. great and beautiful. And we talk about that with so many like dating books and stuff we read. They tell women they're like, you have to look good. Mm-hmm. They're like, men are very <sighs> visual, and mm-hmm. there is something though to that true attraction to somebody. Yeah, sure. I mean, I also am attracted to my wife. Like, you know, I don't want to come off too hokey, but like as a human being, like well, you know, yeah. I've I've been I've been attracted to her physically for a long time, but like you know, even during the pregnancy still super turned on after like right after she was able and willing to have sex once she gave birth i was super (laughs) attracted to her like she's come in plenty of different shapes and sizes and so have i but the physical attraction for whatever reason has never even dulled i wonder if part of that too is that like you guys have seen each other in like so many different phases of your life like just picture right. the amount that you change physically since the time you're <laughs> 10 years old you know? Literally. Like, <laughs> uh, on the point though about like how you have to fix the issue physically first I wonder if that's because mm. like have you ever been fighting with someone and you just have like super passionate sex and it's like wow like why was that so good or like why breakup yeah. sex is always so great like I wonder <laughs> That's really like my correlation with it. Then no, you but up, it is. Like, you know, two days later you're alone and you're like, oh, fuck. But <laughs> like, I feel like that's part of it. It's like kind of like for me, always kind of breaks down the wall a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think it's also they're kind of the same thing because you're you're communicating in other ways. Like you're kind of if you're just if you're physical, you're like getting out something that you're frustrated about and probably what you're fighting isn't even the root of your anger. The root of your anger is like something your mom did to you when you were four and it manifested <laughs> itself in your wife saying, can you do the dishes? <laughs> you know, yeah. it just like and you explode out of nowhere and you have no idea why, but then you have sex and you work it out. But it also is important, like maybe once you get physical to then like kind of lay it out and, you know, exchange ideas and talk to each other because I don't know, physical outlet. It's the same for me with like anxiety and shit. I, typically working out makes me feel better Mm -hmm. but it doesn't fix me the way talking about it does like i always feel elevated post physical exertion but then i still kind of need to express myself to like get a handle on the whole thing you know yeah that makes sense like i i think 
we're both probably the same way as athletes. And like, I get super anxious and like, I just have to go for like a run or a lift or something. And I feel great. Mm-hmm. But there's really no solution. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> like, I just feel better. <laughs> yeah. You can only sprint from your problems for so many hours a day. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. why I run so far. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, but there's, there's nothing away. like being in an, an argument or heated about something. And you're literally yeah. standing there. You're like, yo, I could run five miles right now. <laughs> like, yeah. There's something like the adrenaline in your veins. <laughs> Anxiety yeah. won't run hills, but it will be waiting at the bottom for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. So one of the points it makes in here about uh, having children is specifically like all the parenting books, all that stuff, really focus on routine, predictability, and regularity. And, mm-hmm. you know, partly because it says for children to feel confident enough to go out in the world and explore on their own, they need that secure base. So parenthood sure. also often makes you have to become more steady, more dependable and responsible. I guess if you're a good parent, that's, yeah. that's what you're doing. That's yeah, if you give a shit. <laughs> yeah. right. So I'm sure you've found with, a, you know, a newborn, especially trying to like get them to sleep once they're sleeping through the night. Like yeah. how important are is like the routine in your child's life? I mean, it's super important. I also, so I, I love drinking. It's one of my favorite things in the entire world. But once my wife got pregnant in solidarity, I didn't drink with her. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll go the whole pregnancy. Why not? And then at the end, you know, I was definitely my style of drinking is not one that can be sustained for very long. Like, you know, it's, it's, I'm not a three beer guy and being like, well, I had a good night, you know, ta-ta everybody. I'm, I'm zero or 35. So, you know, so I took the break and then, you know, once I was at the end and we had our son, I want, not only did I want to remain as present as humanly possible and I was really genuinely impressed with myself and my behavior during the pregnancy and how dependable and and just there I was and you know I was just like patting myself on the back where I was like all right I'm I'm not gonna drink still because I feel like it's pretty important for me to be on 24-hour call for this child and Mm -hmm. you know that my my nightmare is to be you know unable to be roused and my wife needs me because I'm Mm -hmm. fucking drunk or something and the kids like screaming that's that's my nightmare and Mm -hmm. you know so instead of even playing with that I just have decided to continue not drinking and uh, I think that is my routine that like I kind of set you know I, I, I set a standard for myself going into this where you know that established a base level where now I can build other stuff on top of it and in terms of like daily routine we have yeah we have you know the whole thing mapped out meals when his nap time is all that stuff he sleeps 12 to 14 hours a night we are you know we sleep trained him so it came with hard work but we're really lucky where he's at right now and he's such a positive good baby that you know all all eight hours he's awake per day he's a a beam of sunshine (laughs) that's so sweet um but would you say having the kid have you ever felt like have the two of you ever felt that you're stuck in a pattern yeah sure just even alone time not even like sexual just things like that and i guess what have you done to help break those patterns um, well, especially in the beginning of this and, you know, the quarantine and pandemic and all that stuff, we were we were both, you know, either she was working or I was working or, you know, we were around the baby together. But, you know, it was like we were working a lot and it just felt like we didn't have any days off. We had no nights to socialize between the two of us. So we kind of we kind of were like 
you know, two ships passing in the night type of thing where so it, it got to the point where he, we had to like reestablish connection and be like, OK, we have to find time to now, you know, spend some one on one, even if it's during his nap time. And we just, you know, sit down and have a meal or just talk, figure out each other's day, you know, whatever. We just have to we have to find moments where we can, you know, pay real attention to our relationship. I mean, that's such a good point about the way that life is right now and actually truly being in kind of like captivity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Being in captivity in captivity. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had moments that you found that you're like, I just can't be around you right now or like I need my time and like how do you kind of get through that? Yeah, I started golfing. like that's where that's where i'm at in quarantine i haven't played golf since i was in eighth grade and now i love four-hour golfing rounds (laughs) it's it's so helpful because you know obviously you know i'm i'm so lucky to be where we're at we got to break our our lease and we had a two-bedroom apartment in brooklyn that was sizable and perfectly suited for a family that can go outside. <laughs> but when it becomes your only home for like, you know, quarantine and you can't go anywhere and the walls start closing in. I mean, we were like, we got to get the fuck not only out of out of the city, but just out of this apartment because it's going to be the end of us as a, as a family, probably. So we uh, we came upstate to Rockland County and her in I mean, her parents have this huge place. They have a pool outside. You know, it's just uh, it's it's insane it's it's so fortunate to that we're here but what was i forget what the rest of the question was just like if you ever needed space but oh uh, yeah yeah. i mean so we have all this area that was Mm -hmm. my point we have all this you know space and this yard and all that stuff but still you kind of need something you know my Mm -hmm. i i give we give each other the opportunity to go for drives it's like hey are you burned out do you feel like a little crazy because shit could get (laughs) intense i mean you know people individually right now are struggling and having a tough time both you know i'll speak for myself but i have mental health issues that need tending to so Mm -hmm. this has been a stress on that now add trying to diversify how we make money as comedians try to you know figure out when we're kind of come back to live performance try to raise a you know a a kid as he's turning one all this stuff you know kind of packs into into you know a big fucking stress ball so you got to kind of let each other air it out a little bit and if somebody needs a ride or if somebody needs to go somewhere that's that's perfectly okay Mm-hmm. I think that's such like a testament to like a really healthy relationship and realizing when someone needs their independence. Because yeah. I feel like you see so many people, or especially like as women, we hear other women talk about like just being like angry when guys are like kind of on their own. It's like they need that sometimes. Like everybody yeah. does, and it's yeah. just like confidence in your relationship. Yeah. Well, and not to sorry to cut you off, Go but just it. just brief like. I also want an individual relationship with my son. So I relish the opportunity to, yeah, get, get your air. Now I have one-on-one time with my kid to like imprint on him <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and just be, you know, we're boys for that hour, two hours or whatever it might be. It's like, he's one, but he's cool as shit. And we're hanging out and it's super fun to just like have that, that dude time. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to ask, um, Specifically, I guess, like, s- s- pretty soon after the pregnancy and the birth of your son, did you mm. feel like your wife was more hesitant to leave the baby than you were? Because in the, in the point that Molly said, I'm like, I think a lot of times it's 
I don't know if it's literally because like we carry the child for nine months and it's just you're more yeah. attached to it physically that I often find new mothers, they, they just find it so hard to be like, give the baby to the parents and have a night out or even just go run errands for two hours by yourself type of thing. Right. She is, she was always good at uh, trusting family. So like, you know, her mom would watch our baby or my mother would. And we, we had date nights pretty early, like, you know, maybe even when he was a couple weeks old or something. But um, wow, that's she, great. she always got like really bad mom guilt. Like I, re- I remember she's she's wild. Also, she owns her own <laughs> company. She really is like it, But in the best way, because she owns her own company. Her partner was running the show while she was, you know, obviously recovering from major surgery, obviously raising a brand new baby. But she went back to work after like four weeks post-surgery. Wow. Just so she could run an event. And she did it. She powered through and she like, you know, she got this crazy work day done. But then she came home and it's like such an emotional you know, you're getting wrung out all over the place. I mean, you you've been attached physically to this child for yeah. ten months, and then it's out of your body, and then for long, you know, it, uh, however long, four weeks until she actually took some time away, and uh, you know, it would crush her emotionally after. So she'd be okay with the lo- with the leaving, but then it was you know the post stuff was always like, I feel terrible about myself, you know, for leaving, and I, yeah. I always hope that I you know at least tried to do i know it's like also a hormonal thing but i tried my best to kind of you know set it straight that it's perfectly reasonable for her to work yeah (laughs) definitely i mean it's i I feel like everybody feels that guilt even if they have their full maternity leave and then start going back to work there's always that guilt of you know if you're leaving your child with someone else whether it's for one event or it's for a week like whatever it is you know that's hard i I left i left when he was like shit like 19 days old and i did four nights at in atlantic city at the borgata oh god so it, that, like, gig. It, it, that gig is a nightmare <laughs> 900 900 112 year old audience members <laughs> oh everybody is a million years old I, I bombed every single night but the money was too good i had to take it and it was just like the most depressing four nights ever and there i it was the first time i ever experienced experienced and also even heard of like a physical pull back to your family like it Mm. felt like i was being legitimately gravitationally pulled back to them home it was weird did that change like the way you started to travel for comedy or not really even though i mean now you really can't but not not at that time because i also was coming up on on doing a special and i was putting it together myself and i was filming it it was kind of a big big swing with all the moving parts and people that i got involved in it so i actually went on the road uh, i think he was born in july and in september and october i went on the road every weekend to to run the hour so i was i was away you know three nights a week for fucking eight weeks or whatever it was in preparation for this thing. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was, it was really hard, but you know, we, we had a lot of help from our family, which was really great. My sisters stepped up, you know, my mother, all that stuff. It was, uh, it was touching and it, it definitely like it, it adds to the kind of, it takes a village thing. Mm-hmm. You know, some people in the city, especially there's not much space. You feel kind of isolated, but there's one thing when like a family comes together and like, you know, truly helps raise the newcomer. It's, it's pretty beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right, that's great. Um, so there's one quote in the book I found very interesting that was specifically about um, children. And it says, 
It is not children who extinguish the flame of desire. It is adults who fail to keep the spark alive. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say, do you find this to be true? Yeah, I think that's probably true. I But I will say this, and I don't know because my wife denied it, but my my son looks exactly like me. And I'm like, does that fuck with you with having to look at me and like fuck me when your son <laughs> looks just like you like me? I you mean, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, that's I'm kind of afraid to have a kid that looks exactly like me and a girl. Cause like to yeah. see my own face like argue with me would yeah. it ju- it's it's yeah. just like I'd be furious. I'd be like yeah. this, you know. I don't know. It is freaky in a way. Well, my it sister is. has my face and we fight all the time. It's really fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll get over it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, did wait, did you ask her that? Your yeah, wife? She was like, no, I don't even, you know, whatever. And then I'll like, she's like, oh my God, Mike, he has your face. Like, you know, she'll like say these things and I'm like, how doesn't that fuck with you? Then? <laughs> yeah. it's like, now it's in the back of my head. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm more like, Obviously, she's attracted to you, and she's probably right. happy that the kid got your good yes. look. So how about that? There's well, that's that a nice way nice. to look at yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but then also, that's what that's what comes with staying with your wife's family is every day I have to hear how much he looks like them. Yeah. <laughs> just every, <laughs> every single day, they're just like, oh, man, it looks like so-and-so. And then I never hear how how he looks like me. So she, like, pours it on at night. She's like, he looks exactly like you, blah, blah, blah. And plus, I have eyes, so. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people do that, especially with newborns. Like when they first come out, they're like, oh my God, it looks like so-and-so. It's like, it looks like a baby. Looks like they nobody. all look like the same. Nobody. It like, looks like a wrinkly ball sack. It's yeah. barely, <laughs> it's barely registerable as a human being. Yeah. <laughs> and let's also clarify, white babies, especially. Yeah. yeah. Especially. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look human. <laughs> like at this point at a year, like, yeah, I'm sure there's some features coming out, but early on. Oh yeah, on, yeah like no 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 he didn't start he started looking like himself at like three months old so he he looked like a different version of a kid he almost looked like puerto rican in his first three months (laughs) and then you know and then now he's like full blonde and irish it's so interesting oh wow there you go yeah um i was gonna say what advice would you have uh for new parents having a child when it comes to intimacy as a couple um, I mean, I'd probably advise them to do the exact opposite of what that lady said. I'd say communicate <laughs> through it and then, you know, and just be honest. The problem with people in communication is that most people communicate in code like they don't say exactly what they mean. Mm-hmm. So they're just basically dancing around the actual issue. If you if you truly have a good relationship and you are able to speak directly to the person in a in a respectful way that is honest, potentially hurtful, but also vulnerable because you're telling them exactly how you feel, then it, it shouldn't be an issue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, but if you're like if you're like, oh, I sure would. uh like sex right now, but I understand, you know, whatever you got to, you might not, you know, whatever, just dancing around everything. It just, it never does anything, anybody, any favors. Mm-hmm. We talk about this all the time, especially for women that just so often when you're direct, you kind of come across as like a bitch and it can just be so <laughs> challenging to, to yeah. ask for what you want or what you need. Right. That's yeah. That sucks. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. <what that's> like, <laughs> it does suck. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would say this. My advice for that is that 
when you get into a relationship with somebody, just say that honesty and communication is your number one thing and then never like bullshit around that. Mm -hmm. Like that just has to be you and your thing the entire time. Cause the only way, I mean, I've been in relationships where I was a terrible communicator. I was passive aggressive. I was probably a bully at some times. I was a victim at other times. I was just a fucking nightmare because I was so stuck up my own ass and my own issues. Mm -hmm. And I vowed from that relationship and because it let, it ended so poorly and mostly, you know, I don't know if mostly, but a lot being my fault, I was like, all right, I had, I, I don't want to do or be certain things, so I won't. And that's how I'm going to approach this relationship immediately guns blazing immediately. Like, this is how it is. We have to talk. My parents didn't talk. Your parents didn't talk. If we want to work, you know, we got to fucking talk. And that's what happened. I was going to say another point this book makes actually is saying that to have true intimacy with your partner, you don't have to tell them absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you and your wife share absolutely everything? Or do you feel like there's some things where you're like, yeah, doesn't have to be said? I I don't think everything just based on me forgetting a lot of things. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like there's stuff that, that was like a big deal career-wise that I forgot to tell my wife because like I had moved on. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you, you get you get new. It's the same thing about like you ever go to a friend's house and like you saw somebody on the subway like fisting themselves, and then you get to your friend's house and you're like, oh hey, good to see you. And then an hour and a half later, you tell them that story, and they're like, wait, how wasn't that the first thing you told me? <laughs> right. Like, that's how I feel about most. Of, like sometimes I just forget news. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I mean, we yeah. we also got some advice recently that is. Um, don't treat your boyfriend like your girlfriend like don't tell them the stuff that you would tell your girlfriends do you think that's hmm. true not in my experience i mean I, I don't know i again i don't know what it's like to be anybody's girlfriend it's probably a completely different <laughs> dynamic well i think they but just I meant know, like women I, are often too chatty and you share too much and a lot of it is details that men don't I, care about i i, I, I hate what the advice that shit i mean Here's the thing, get good at telling stories for sure. <laughs> but like but but tell us everything. You know, if if I I find I'm interested in stuff, if I'm not interested, I'll tell my wife. I'm like, "Oh, I could I could care less about this. Like save that for the group chat or whatever." <laughs> okay. And then and she'll be like, "Yeah, all right." And then she'll do the same with me. I mean, you know, I'm I'm like obsessed with BMX with vintage BMX bikes right now and restoring. <laughs> yeah. I'm full. I'm going full quarantine. It's insane. I think you're going full I bought bad. Two BMX. Yeah, I bought two BMX bikes. Neither are for my son. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like fixing them up. But you're you know, not even I'm lying. Like, like he'll grow into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, maybe. But I, I'm like telling, I'm telling my wife all this shit about these these bikes, and she's like. Oh, I'm sorry. You think I have a, a, a shred of interest in this? <laughs> I'm like, no, you're right. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm I'm just curious. Um, was there anything that now that you've like had a child for a year that looking back surprised you and the way that it may have affected your relationship with your wife? Surprised me about having a kid? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I think everybody says this but you are surprised at the bandwidth you have for love like that's the craziest part of the entire experience because you know i'm a cynical 
brought up Irish Catholic, you know, <laughs> guilty maniac that has, you know, depression and anxiety problems. And I didn't know that this much positivity could enter my life. Like I, I, I truly didn't think I was worthy or capable of it. So I think that the, the bandwidth that you have as a human being for, you know, joy and love and all that stuff is, is far more expansive than you give yourself credit for, I think. Do you okay. feel like having kids often makes men better people? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I bet really? it does. Okay. I mean, it also could make them worse people. Yeah, I feel like it's really one or the other. It's one of those things yeah. that reveals it. I, I mean, I guess, yeah, I never, I guess I've never met a guy and been like, he's an okay dad. It's right. either like, they're amazing, <laughs> yeah. or I'm like, that piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're, you're I think you're 100% right, but it, I think, you know, it depends. It's one of those things that if you embrace it, it could be complete. It's like junior college. If you if you use it correctly, <laughs> it could it, it could help your life immensely. But if you just go there to smoke cigarettes and hang out with your favorite senior from last year, you know, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Well, just in general, I've heard many fathers say they felt guilty that it took them longer to feel like a true connection with the baby. Like, and they partly are like, you know, women have that maternal instinct, but a lot of men I've found have said, once the child starts showing a little like personality, they yeah. feel connected to it. Like it, it almost just feels more real that it's a human, Yeah, I yeah. guess. Or, or maybe it's I, I just a fear out the gate. I don't know. But I think it's like it, that it jumps a level because at first you're kind of like a donkey with saddle, you know, with saddles and bags. <laughs> and all you're doing is just like, you're just kind of. You carry everything and you do all the grunt work you could possibly do to relieve as much labor from your wife as humanly possible because she's keeping this thing alive with her body. Yeah. It's like, you know, it, the whole thing is insane. But I mean, my my wife even said that where like she felt guilt because she wasn't like, you know, the ch mother to child in love, you know, Instagram story, heart zoom in <laughs> filter <laughs> on the baby because all of her energy went into keeping him alive and caring for mm -hmm. him. So it was like it was like a work thing. Like you just don't shut off. You work, you work. And of course, you love the, the kid, but it's like you almost can't take a break long enough to just be like, <sighs> you know, mm -hmm. so I think yeah. it, I, I think for some people, it depends how it is. It, it, it takes it could take anybody longer to make that connection. But I had I had an immediate connection with my son before he even came. Like, I, I just mm -hmm. I knew what I wanted to be as a dad because of what I had as a dad, which was the opposite of what I want to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like as long as I have that that thing in my rear view scaring the shit out of me then I know exactly what to do, which is, you know, go as far away from that as possible. <laughs> and therapy helps, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so one question I had, especially if you've been with your wife a long time, um, mm. one of the advice that the book gives, is it says it claims that spontaneity is a myth, right? You have to own that you have desire, you have passion. Like you said, don't be passive. If you want right. to have sex, say like, hey, it's been a minute and I could use this and whatever you want to say. Uh, mm -hmm. So one of the things it says is planning for sex does help generate desire. Like a lot of people believe that if you truly make like, hey, Saturday, me and you, let's let's get a sitter, we get a hotel, whatever your plan is, right? Yeah. Planning like we're going to have intimate time, us two. Uh, have you ever, first of all, have you ever planned like alone intimate time with your wife? Yeah, for sure. We've done that. I think we've 
recently done that actually like a week ago but um we gave our we just handed our son to her cousins and we're like don't let us hear a thing (laughs) 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 but i I think i think it definitely i think planning the planning definitely could fuel uh passion for sure because it's something to look forward to Mm -hmm. it's it's something to work towards but i also think there is nothing like spontaneity i mean you know for a guy it, women, I, I can't imagine because you've been getting, un, you know, hit on since you were 10, basically. <laughs> so that that has been such a thing that you've, you know, either blocked out or don't appreciate as much as somebody like me who has not been hit on every day since I was 10. <laughs> so when my wife, like out of nowhere, is just like shuts the TV off and blows me, that's like, what are we kidding? This is fucking Disney World. Like, this is... <laughs> This is the best experience of my entire life. There is nothing that generates passion like that. True. Uh, but I was going to yeah. say, any time that you maybe have planned alone time, yes. did you feel it wasn't as fulfilling? Um, I Yeah. I mean, when it's like, when it's kind of a workbench thing, you know, when it's like, all right, we got to get one in. <laughs> like, let's, <laughs> let's, do, uh, let's do Thursday post-dinner. We have like, you know, a 45-minute window or whatever. It doesn't take that long. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's that can kind of dull it a little bit where it seems like a job. And we've gone through spells of that where it just, you know, you y- you get your numbers in, you get your at-bats because it's good for you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh but you know you have to also then reconnect and try to figure out what you know how to make it authentic yeah i was gonna say would you be turned off by a plan to have sex because yeah. we've joked before like we like guys that make plans in general I but i was almost great. like if i was dating someone they sent me a google calendar invite that was just like have sex oh, i would yeah. probably be into it yeah. i'd be like all right that's fun okay <laughs> I ride for a Google calendar. Like, if it's not on the calendar, it's not happening. <laughs> if a man did that, I would probably, I, I would just give him a blow job and call it a day. He doesn't have to do anything for me. That's great. Wow. What a great, what a great uh, insight into <laughs> how to make a relationship work with you. Just all you need is to use Google. Right. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say from the, from the female perspective, sometimes it's like, all right, if you know, you know, it's just even like knowing when you have a date. Right. So even mm-hmm. if it's like, okay, they didn't, you know, say like, let's definitely bang Saturday. But, but you know when it's a fuck date. You kind of, yeah, like, right. okay. Like when yeah. they're like, oh, I want to d- take you to this place and you look it up, you're like, oh, this is nice. Like I'm getting dressed up. Right. Yeah. There's also like, it's just nice to know to be like, I can shave my legs. Mm-hmm. Like I can maybe wear a cute underwear I haven't worn yet. Like it's just nice to know. But I think that's something women like more than men do. Yeah. In terms of the I mean, plan. we're ha- we're happy with the results when you're prepared yeah. like that, <laughs> yeah. for sure. But it's nothing that we would think of. You know, it, it's like as a guy, there's sometimes where I'm like, "All right, let's go," and I pull down my pants and I'm like, "Oh, I haven't trimmed in like four months. Like, what is going <laughs> on?" And, you know, it's just like, hey, "This is just spontaneity at its best." But yeah, I could I could see how needing to be in that mindset is better for a woman. Yeah, I don't love being like caught off guard. Especially, mm-hmm. like, if it's, like, not someone you've been with, like, that long. And it's like, oh, I don't want you to think that, like, I'm getting sloppy. <laughs> like- yeah. I, uh, <laughs> but that's also something I think that comes with age of, like, um, yeah. someone I hooked up with, like, a few months ago. I was currently in, like, workout clothes. And, like, I walked from Queens to Manhattan to go oh, see Jesus. my friend. Cause it was- <laughs> right. But it was, like, I was disgusting. And then I started texting this guy. And then I straight up was just, like, 
listen, if I come over, we need to shower. And he was like, all right. And I was like, <laughs> that's okay. A good text. But that's something I never would have done that if I was in my young 20s. I would have been like another yeah. time. I, w- I would have been like, I look gross. I'm in gross mm-hmm. clothes. And I just was like, I-, I mean, if this guy's down to shower, I'm in. like easy my my wife and i when we were 15 we used to like or maybe a little older but 15 we used to like get done with basketball practice and just go home and bang just two (laughs) sweaty teenagers just slapping against each other well you guys truly must have a pheromone attraction then yeah yeah deep level (laughs) that's definitely a thing for guys isn't it for both Oh, couples. really? This, I've showed this before on the podcast. That's oh. why men date women shorter than them. Our pheromones are here on the top of our head, and men's are in their chest. Oh, that's no right. shit. Yeah, so that's why like, when you snuggle up with someone, the girl lays on your chest. That's where we like to lay. Oh. Uh, yeah, let's do one of our wrap-up questions. Okay, so which one of these would you prefer doing? Best dating advice mm-hmm. you've ever received, or can you remember a time you shot your shot? Was it a hit or a miss? Do you care which one? I don't care which one. Um, I don't know if I've ever received dating advice though, because all we did was like hook up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I I didn't reach I didn't reach the age of dating really. Like, mm-hmm. like I got with my wife when we were twenty three, so we just were together. You know, at that point, and then before that, it was just hooking up with girls in high school and college and all that stuff. Um, shooting my shot. I mean, I've I've. I shot a hundred threes a day <laughs> for my entire career. There was never a night I didn't shoot my shot. And I mean, I, I just remember one time in particular where I actually thought I had real genuine feelings for somebody in college. We, um, I shot my shot very, uh, very succinctly, very like, this is, this is what I see us as. This is, I like you that blah, blah, blah. She reciprocated feelings and then she rushed a sorority, I guess. So I kind of barely saw her for the whole semester, but we would check in and like we would talk on AIM. That's what that was back then. (laughs) Um, And like, you know, leave each other away messages. She would email all that stuff. She like right before Rush was about over, she emailed me that she was like ready to be in a relationship, super excited to hang out right when she got out, like all this stuff met up with her at a bar that night where she was like celebrating with the rest of her sisters and she just iced me the fuck out and then sent and then sent me an email just saying like can't do it oh my god just can't do it just can't do it just kind of like you know, I, I'm a friend, blah blah. But she had good points. She was correct. Like <laughs> we, 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 we shouldn't have been. points. Like yeah, bulleted? we shouldn't have date. I mean, we were in college. Nobody should date in college. Also, I was. I'm from down here. She was from like Canandaigua, upstate. She was never <laughs> leaving upstate. She was gonna be a Western New York bumpkin for the rest of her life. And it's like I had no business trying to convince her to do otherwise because she would be horrified by new york city or you know whatever and so she she brought we were not compatible and in hind i mean i was heartbroken my ego was shattered all that shit but i you know in hindsight i'm like oh good for you you saw something that i didn't and uh, <laughs> you executed <laughs> i mean i'm just i'm just like it's sad because it's like it's college yeah it doesn't have to be a big serious thing right yeah uh, i guess yeah. Unless but i think fine. we i think we each liked each other a lot like yeah. like we just we were really attracted to each other liked each other a lot and it was very like our our rapport was quick like we we mm. definitely got along really really well and it just like but it was it was you know a dead end yeah, I was gonna say I've had the opposite of just like people I meet now, where I'm like, 
oh, they're fun and we click, but I know mm-hmm. it's not long term. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm at the point now that I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to just waste a year with somebody. Right. Sure. Whereas I look at them and I go, man, this would have been great if I met you in college. Yeah, right. we would have had a great time. <laughs> nice college yeah. year together. Yeah. Been great. You know, <laughs> break it off because it's summer. Yeah. No pressure yeah. to meet yeah. families. Like yeah. we're just on campus having fun. That's it. You know, I mean, totally. did you go to a big college? Like, did you have to keep bumping into her? Yeah, I bumped into her a lot. I went to Geneseo. Uh, <laughs> okay. Up near yeah. Rochester. Like five thousand kids. We were, we were at. I mean, I ended up sleeping with like a sizable amount of her sisters. Like her sorority. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that so wasn't I, on purpose. Yeah, no, it was a totally vengeful. I'm telling you, I was I was just a psychotic guy when it came to that type of thing. I thought everybody was personally trying to hurt me. <laughs> you got another email. It's like and another thing. <laughs> yeah. Stop coming to our parties. <laughs> I love that it's all over email too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm so glad, though, that I, I got rid of the Geneseo.edu because I have all of these old emails that, like, <laughs> I've wanted to go and read back and, like, kind of reopen wounds and embarrass myself a little bit, but I just don't have access to it, and I'm <laughs> thrilled. <laughs> yeah, it's a good move that they delete They yeah. delete everyone's college email after a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, They're like, move on. But give us money, <laughs> but move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I picture someone in, like the offices there who like reads the emails to like make sure nothing bad's going on. I was like, Oh, oh no, for sure. I had, I had friends working in IT and they were like, we could look at all your stuff. Oh yeah. My friends were in there too. They knew everything. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, How awful would that be if they just have my emails taped up on their walls as just <laughs> a sad story that they read to motivate themselves out of a hole. <laughs> in like the therapist's office is like examples <laughs> yeah <laughs> my name kind of poorly whited out you still yeah. see it yeah they're like we call that move a mike cannon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man well thank you uh so much for coming on the podcast this was awesome of course uh, oh, thank you guys for having me this yeah so for fun. sure uh everybody get involved with mike you could find him at i am mike cannon and his podcast i podcast the Irish Goodbye Podcast is available wherever you can find podcasts, wherever you listen. Definitely check that out. And his special, Life Begins, on YouTube. And yep. uh, anything else you want to plug, Mike? Uh, the movie Timing. It's uh, it's on Amazon Prime. I, it's about stand-up comedy and relationships, interpersonal relationships, and the sacrifices you have to make while pursuing a you know selfish career like stand-up. So. Yeah, it's so. actually very very appropriate for this combo, <laughs> for sure. Um, and uh, as always, you can find me. I'm at Sparica, and I'm at the Guacamole, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.